Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jock Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome, my friends, to episode eight of Jock Talk. Prepare to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as we talk about all things Dallas Cowboys and uh, get you ready for uh, Sunday's game against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, it's been a great start to the day for me. Uh, big join the Big Rig. What's going on with you? It's all good. I'm ready to rock and roll. Oh, see, that's what I'm talking about right there. That's all good. Um, want to tell you about the newest sponsor we have, Grinning Law. They're sponsoring the Jock Talk podcast and uh, can't be uh, thankful enough for their partnership. So let me tell you about this. If you're involved in an accident, it's not your fault. What you want to do, what you need to do, what you got to do is pick up the phone and call Grinning Law and see if they can be of assistance to you. It's 972-934-8900. Tell them your situation and uh, see what they say. They'll ask you a few questions. And I'm telling you, if they add you as a client, it's been your lucky day. Anybody who's ever been involved in an accident that wasn't their fault, whether it's at the business, an apartment complex, a uh, construction site, whatever, you know, man, it's a long, tedious process. It can be intimidating going up against somebody else's big insurance company. Well, greening light is like a beacon. They help you walk through that thing. They, you know what? I like to tell folks, they'll tell you the answers to questions that you didn't even know you were supposed to ask. You didn't even know the question existed, and they gave you the answer. They, they set you up with doctor's appointments. They do all the things that need to be done so you can really focus on getting better and working on your health and resting and getting your strength back. Um, the other thing about Greening Law, hey, they don't get paid unless you get paid. Understand that. So you never have to wonder how hard they're working for you or whether they're grinding for you. They don't get paid unless you get paid. Now, who doesn't want to deal like that? Um, I'm telling you, if you're involved in an accident, it's not your fault. Let Greening Law help you. 972-934-8900. And again, you ain't got to take your boy's word for it. You can check them out at greeninglaw.com and see all the good work that they've done and uh, see what Robert Grinning is all about and what he does over in the community, especially in the east side of Dallas with Brian Adams. Right now, though, let's talk about your Dallas Cowboys in a segment we like to call Who Wins and Why? Let me tell you the story behind that. Uh, me and my former partner, Matt McLaren, were doing a radio show at ESPN for a couple years. And uh, one day we were talking about the game. We were previewing the game. And during the break, we got a phone call from our boss, Jeff Catlin, at the ticket. He also was in charge of uh, ESPN. And he just rips us a new one. He says, I've been driving around Dallas, and I've heard all this stuff, and you never told me who wins the game and why. And so, you know, we take it. You sometimes coach cuts you out, you just got to take it. So we hang up the conference call. We hang up the phone. We look at each other. We like, you know what? Fuck Catlin. We're going to call this segment who wins and why? See what he says about that. And so that's how we came up with who wins the game and why. Uh, and, and when we told him, I don't know, probably a few months later, he laughed at it and said, well, see, I told you it was a good idea. But uh, that's kind of fun me and Matt just have at, uh, at uh, ESPN Radio. And uh, me and Big Joe the Big Rig are bringing that same kind of fun over here. Although he's more of the strong, silent type. But, you know, he'll, he'll come out of his shell as, as we move on. Uh, this game to me... I hear you glowering at me. I this just say, why would I say that about <laughs> Catlin? I, I don't, I don't know him enough to say nothing about that. You know, I've said that before, but I, I you know, I, I don't know him like that. So, you know, uh, I got you. Uh, this game to me, Cowboys twelve point favorite at Arizona on Sunday afternoon seems like a complete and total blowout to me. Um, what I'm most curious about is to see if the Cowboys can. Handles the success of the last couple of weeks where they've been getting a lot of praise, a lot of loving on them. And uh, if they can come out, play a good, clean game, and take care of the Cardinals. The Cardinals are not good. Um, I'm not really sure any way you could look at them 
they come up as a good team. If you look at them um, offensively, James Connors, they're leading Russia with 37 carries for 168 yards. Uh, they don't have a receiver with 100 yards receiving yet. Two games in, they ain't got nobody with 100 yards receiving yet. Zach Ertz leads them, the tight end with 12 for 77. Uh, Josh Dobbs, the quarterback, uh, he's actually not bad in terms of completion percentage. Uh, 68%, 42 of 61 for 360 yards, but divided by two, that's 180 yards a game with a touchdown. He's got an 89.5 passer rating, but really uh, what he does is run the ball. He's got six carries for 38 yards, had a 23-yard touchdown against the uh, Giants last week. Uh, he just showed up three weeks ago. He couldn't possibly have a deep, nuanced understanding of the Cardinals' offense. And so the way your Dallas Cowboys have been playing, I really don't see how the Cardinals can win, unless there's always, a, there's always an unless. Like, when they played the Giants last week, the Giants committed some turnovers early, breathed some life into them, and the Cardinals were up 20 to nothing and 28 to 7 before the Giants came back in the second half and beat them, ultimately 31-28. Uh, in the opener, uh, they lost to Washington 20 to 16. So, that's what I'm saying. Unless you help them, they cannot win. Uh, one of the things we've loved about the Cowboys' early season performance is what? No turnovers through the first two games. Uh, I think I read that no Cowboys team had ever accomplished that. So let me tell you this. If they go three games without a turnover, they're guaranteed a dub here. Um, because the Cardinals just don't have the talent right now to, uh, to hang with them. If we look at the Cowboys' offense against uh, Arizona's defense, and here's the deal. The, um, the Cardinals are still trying to figure out who's playing on defense line for them this week. They've had a lot of injuries. they got a lot of moving parts in there. And they're still trying to figure out who's going to stop Tony Pollard and put the pressure on Dak Prescott. And so um, I think it's an opportunity for the Cowboys who are getting Tyler Smith back this week. And what does that mean? That means for the first time, they're going to have the offensive line that Mike McCarthy envisioned at the start of training camp. For the first time, they're going to run them all out there at the same time. And that means uh, Tyron Smith at left tackle, Tyler Smith at left guard, uh, Biotish at center, Zach Martin, of course, at right guard, and then Terrence Steele, the new $50 million right tackle, um, starting. So I think what we'll see this week is a better running performance from the Cowboys. Uh, Tony Pollard last week, 25 carries, 72 yards, with a long of 23. And what does that mean? Yeah, the 25, the 23 is cool. That means 24 carries for 49 yards. That's not, uh, that's not going to be acceptable over the long term. I do understand that a lot of those came in the fourth quarter when they were basically running between the tackles to burn the clock. Uh, I get that. Still, the running game left a little to be desired last week. I, I didn't, imagine I didn't, uh, with Tyler's – I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't because it shows commitment to the run. It shows balance. Now it you, shows, you know, um, you, you, killing, you, you, you eating up clock. When you when you run the ball, when you attempt to run the ball, you pulling you making the defense commit to stopping the run. It, it, it just makes the better. It makes the offense better. Sometimes you don't get the yards, but you need the attempts. Oh, I get it. Um, uh, I I do get it. I was just saying. I just thought that they didn't move them off the ball like I think that they would like to move them off the ball. Now, it is the Jets, and the Jets have a good defense, and yep. the Jets have a really good defensive line. Yep. And so that was probably part of it, which is why, again, I'm interested to see how it goes this week uh, against a lesser team. And when, when you've got you, – they're a lesser team. You've got your guys back. Uh, and don't forget, you know, these guys didn't play in the preseason, so it's still taking them a minute to, get, to adjust – you know, to the speed of the game and, and making blocks at full speed because you can practice as hard as you want to. You're not going like you go in a game because it's my guys. I'm not trying to hurt my guys. So all of that makes sense to me. Um, I also want to see, now this could just be me. And I'm not asking for a lot. Can we get Michael Gallup involved just a little bit? Just a little bit. Um, I'd like to see what he can do. I want to see Dak play well. Uh, they, they know what they want to do with CeeDee Lamb, which is why he's catching a lot of balls. Uh, they know what they want to do with the tight ends and the running backs, their second options and check downs. Uh, I also want to see Brandon Cooks, man. And, uh, yeah, we saw him in the opener, uh, but I want to see him 
and see if he can take the top off that defense, and I want to see what they can do with uh, Michael Gallup. And all of that is available to them if they can protect Dak and keep him upright. Um, you know, like I said, the Cardinals have some injury issues. Uh, I just don't see how how the Cardinals keep this close. <laughs> I just don't. I don't see it. If the Cowboys don't help them, I don't see a way for the Cardinals to keep it close. Do you? If the Cardinals get squarely, you know, Josh Dobbs is a smart guy. You know, he, he's, he's been in the NFL, and sometimes guys get squirrely. And what I mean by that is they start playing off their ass and out of their mind, and they do great things, and they they they, uh, they figure shit out. This is my, might, might be the week they figure shit out, and it's like it'll be bad for us if they do. But I think if they, they offense gets squirrely and uh, we don't get the ball to Michael Gallup or the other receivers <laughs> because here, CeeDee Lamb got 13 targets. Right. That means the defense is going to be looking for him this week. And they're going to try to take him they're going to try to take him out of there. So you might get your wish and see Gallup. You might you might see Cooks. Those other guys probably have to step up cause the way CD Lamb was getting the ball. I mean, he was getting the ball all over the place last week. I was impressed with it. And I'm sure the Cardinals are impressed with it. You got to, you know, you got to take that one guy. You got to take that one guy away. And we might see Gallup, you know, earn his money this week. Now, defensively, I just want to see Michael, Michael Parsons seek and destroy. Um, this, again, is a week where if the Cowboys – and the Cow, what the Cowboys do is not complicated. They just have – a lot of teams attempt to do it. They just had the personnel to do it, which is grab an early lead, take away your desire to run because they grab that early lead and you feel threatened like if we don't score, we're going to get blown out. And then they turn that pass rush loose on you. It's the best part of their team because they got a wave of pass rushes they can send at you. Guys capable of winning their one-on-one matchups uh, since you're going to double or triple team Michael Parsons. And then even if they, you get time to throw, now you got to throw into that secondary with Stephon Gilmore, Trayvon Diggs, and the best safeties, collection of safeties we've seen the Cowboys have in, in a long time. So once they force you to throw, uh, the game, in a lot of ways, is no longer in your hands, and you got a problem. And uh, maybe some teams can survive that, but the Arizona Cardinals, I don't think that they're one of those. So if the Cowboys can play the way they've been playing, take that early lead and uh, get up, then it's going to be a long, long day uh, for the Cardinals. What do you think about the Cardinals' def- I mean, Cowboys' defense and how they're going to attack the Cardinals? Well, it, 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 not to go backwards, but it goes back to – running game you get deuce dowdle and pollard you get them guys going it shortens the game and when you shorten the game you make people have to pass when people have to pass the cowboys eat their ass up and that's where you want to go because the cardinals defensive line is out a running game ought to be good you ought to shorten the game that ought to get a chance that ought to give the cowboys a chance to get after that's that's the strategy no, I mean, that's, a, uh, that's the way to do it. I also think it's a situation where you look at, uh, you know, I think the Cowboys have the obvious edge in, in, in special teams. I mean, in uh, offense and defense. Uh, I like the kicker, Brandon Aubrey, has really been doing some good things. Uh, yes, he missed that first uh, field goal attempt. It missed it badly. But everything else, man, has been right down the middle. Was that extra that's point? Really what I that was, for, wasn't that the extra point he missed? Yeah. Yeah. Extra point. Yeah. yeah. And everybody uh, went all hell. But when you – Everybody in America. Oh, it was justified after that trauma. Yeah, yeah. Everybody went, oh, no, not again. But he been money after that. He been money since that, you know. Um, And they've all been straight down the middle. And to me, that's what I look for. Because, you know, a lot of times you can sneak it just inside the upright to the left or to the right. And that's cool because you made it. But uh, when you're splitting the uprights, that means you're hitting it true. You're hitting it clean. You're hitting it solid. And uh, you're really in a rhythm. Uh, when I was talking to one of the scouts right before the season, and he made the point to say that the talent level is not the question with Brandon Aubrey. He's got plenty of talent. The question is, can you handle all the ancillary stuff around the game, the pressure, the conditions, um, the crowd, the wind, the rain, all of that stuff? Can you handle all that stuff and then focus on the kick at hand and make it? Because there's a lot of talented guys out there that can hit it in tryouts and hit it in practice and can't hit it in games. Uh, thus far, he's passed every test, and he is now, are you ready for this, y'all? He is now in 
my tree of trust. Now he could leave my, he could fall out of my tree of trust. But for now, Brandon Aubrey is in my tree of trust. Uh, I don't see again. I don't see a way for this one to be close. I see your Dallas Cowboys beating the Arizona Cardinals and covering the all important spread, thirty four to ten. Uh, how do you see it, Joe? I see twenty seven fourteen. I think the Cardinals are gonna do some things that kind of scare us a little bit just by luck. I know you don't believe in luck, but sometimes you do lucky stuff. And like I say, Dobbs is pretty pretty squirrely, you know, and uh, he'll do some things to give us a scare a little bit. But once they settle down, I think we're gonna beat them twenty seventeen. Alrighty now, uh, I know y'all been waiting for this because I've got the uh, the Twitter. Uh, I guess I've got the tweets is how I should say it. But it's that time, man. If y'all are ready, I know you're ready because I've been I've been getting informed about it. But it's time for that news that you can't see here read get anywhere but the Jock Talk podcast each and every Friday. It's time for whispers from the star. <laughs> We're gonna start. Uh, with this, I went up to your boy, Tyler Biotis, and I said, hey, man, first thing I told him is, y'all know how I am. I said, hey, I'm a Buckeye. I know you're from Wisconsin. I'm not going to hold that against you. And he looked at me, and he just gave me a smirk. I said, no, nah, for real, man. I wanted, to walk to, I wanted to step to you, though, and I wanted to tell you this. I said, if ain't nobody told you this this week, I want you to know that I saw you go 30 yards down the field and recover that C.D. Lamb fumble. I said, that was impressive to me, and if nobody from the media told you that, I just want you to know that I saw you. And he looked at me, and you know what he did, dog? He looked at me and gave me a look that said, I don't really see what the big deal is. (laughs) And I was like, he said, you're supposed to hustle. You're supposed to chase the play. What's the big deal? And I was like, hey, man, the big deal is that you did what you were supposed to do. I said, because, you know, everybody talks about hustle, man. But everybody don't hustle every play. You hustled every play, put yourself in a position to uh, get it done. And then I said, let me ask you this, man. There was nobody there to block. So what were you, who were you, what, why were you running? And he looked at me again like, do you know anything about football? I said, I know why you're running, but I want to know why you were running. And he said, well, what if CD spins away from the guy and gets free? There's nobody to block right now, but there would have been somebody to block. I said, all right, I feel you on that. He said, and then if what happens happens, you're there. He goes, I really, he goes, and he kept looking at me quizzically like, I'm really just doing what I would do as a player, and I'm really just doing what I've been coached to do, and that's to uh, follow the play and be in a position to help my teammates. That's what all of us do. So we don't think it's anything special. We just think that we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And to that, I looked at him and I said, all right, brother, then. Uh, that's impressive. I'm glad you uh, were able to do that and glad you could uh, be there, Johnny, on the spot to recover the fumble. I said, you know, you did that last week, too. He said, you just kind of fell on it. You didn't have to go anywhere. And he looked at me and started smiling and said, yeah, that was a little easier because I wasn't winded after the play. Now, here's the other thing I asked Beatis, man. I said, hey, Doc. I heard this somewhere, but I want to come straight to the horse and, and, and get the answer. How much are you guys helping Dak with his pre-snap reads so that he doesn't, have to do all, he doesn't have to do everything? And he looked at me and said, I don't understand the question. I said, okay, let me try it again. Is Dak doing all the pre-snap read stuff or are you guys helping him? He goes, you know what? It's really the fact that they're mirrored together. Like, when we line up and he's doing his read, if I see something, I call it out. And if he sees something, then he'll call it out. Uh, sometimes we call it out at the exact same time. But the key is we're both looking for it. That's why. And then he went into this. He said, you know, that's why we all get a playbook. That's why we all study the same plays. That's why we all prepare the same way so that we can make the recognition easy uh, on everybody while we're trying to get it done. Um, so that's Tyler Biotish. That's what I learned from him. And sometimes you got to talk to the big fellas just so that they can see that, that they're getting love too. Moving on to our next subject in Whispers from the Star. I'm a little late. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Hey, Jordan Lewis uh, should be 
back on the field um, this week. Uh, I think we'll get a chance to see him do what he does best. And, you know, a lot of folks ask, how is uh, Jordan Lewis still on the team? He's five foot nothing. He weighs a buck 65. How does he keep making it? And you know who broke it down better than anybody else, man? Your boy C.D. Lamb broke it down. C.D. Lamb said he was at he was somebody asked him to describe him. And he said he's scrappy. You can't get rid of him. He's always around. He won't go away. That's why he's a good player. And to that, all I could do was go over to Jordan and say, hey, Doc, how you doing, Scrappy Lewis? And he looked at me, started laughing. And that's because he's lasted in this league as an undersized player because he's one of the most competitive players on your Dallas Cowboys. I mean, think about that. He's literally 5'9", 165 pounds playing in the National Football League. And that's because he got attitude that uh, won't go away. Um, he's really an outstanding player. And he is so happy to be back on the field because that foot thing, man, let me tell you something. It was a mess. He had a Liz Frank injury. Uh, but the surgery that they had to do, man, his top of his foot is all discolored and still swollen. It looks weird. But it, what it does is it reminds you what guys give up of their body to play this game that we all love. And it's always a respectful thing. And so it's good to see him out there uh, competing and making plays because that's what Jordan Lewis does best. Moving right along here. Okay. Now, a lot of y'all will enjoy this. I talked to a dude this week who said he sat in the dark for a minute last week. He said, I didn't cry, but the tears were formed and I almost cried. Now I'm about to tell y'all why. Big Jonathan Hankins almost cried. It wasn't from film. He lost two and a half years worth of Call of Duty in his, from his cloud on his PS5, dog. Oh, man. Two and a half years of, I don't play Call of Duty, but two and a half years of any any saves. Duh. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little I'm gonna pour out a little liquor for Jonathan Hankins. Do that, man. Because yeah. he 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 <laughs> we got to talking about that man. And you had to see the look in his eyes. He was hurting. Yeah. I said, Doug, two and a half years? Yeah. He said, Yeah, man. I can't get <laughs> back. He said, my girl didn't understand when I was trying to tell it to her. She said, baby, it's just a game. Start again. Oh. And he was like, you know what? I don't even want to talk to you about it no more. I love you. Um, I'm just going to go over here and, and just spend some time by myself for a minute. That dude had me cracking up talking about it. I said, dog, I feel your pain. I once lost about 15 seasons of FIFA through something, something corrupted in the system, and yeah. it was just gone. Yeah. And I said, I was so hurt, man, I couldn't even pick FIFA up for like a couple of months. Because every time you pick it up, you'd be like, I got to start at the beginning. I said, dog, all the guys off my youth development team, they had matured. They were playing in the big leagues with me in the Premier League. All of that gone, man. All those hours wasted and committed, all gone. And, uh, you know, it was just, I couldn't. So what happened? So what happened? His his wife deleted, or what happened? Um, I'm not sure what happened. He said it just got corrupted, and it was no good. And then after that, this is what he said. Because you know, while all of that was happening, I said, "Hey, dog, did you see that thing on TikTok a couple weeks?" He said, "Yeah, man." Do you know what I'm talking about, dog? No. Because he interrupted me just like that. There was an episode, there was something on TikTok about two or three weeks ago where the guy was going nuts because his girlfriend had accidentally, because she didn't know the importance of it, she had accidentally erased three or four or five seasons of his NBA 2K season. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I did see that. She, she, she erased his My Player. Yeah, yeah. Well, you build, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. Yeah. He, <laughs> He was he he was doing something dumb. He was breaking his own shit in his house. You know, I just don't. <laughs> right, you right. Know, that's that's and a problem so, right there. 
all of that was was hilarious to me, man. And uh, that's that. Let me tell y'all something. That's how you bond with players. It's not always about football. It's all. It's sometimes about other things that don't have anything to do with football. Because then you get a connection. Then when you ask about football, which I did later about the run defense, he said, "Man, ain't nothing fancy about playing run defense. You got to get lower than the man in front of you. You got to fill your gap and and just take care of the man in front of you and do your job. If we do that." The run defense is straight. He said, it ain't complicated. It ain't fancy. It ain't fun. But that's what's required to do the job. And all I could do is say, better you than me, my brother. <laughs> Moving on to our last tidbit from this session of Whispers from the Star. That news you can't see here, we get anywhere but the Jock Talk podcast each and every Friday during the football season. Don't be fooled by intimidators or uh, what do you call them? Uh, imitators. imitators. Imitators, you know them fools, them clowns, them knuckleheads down the uh, down the aisle, down the dial, down the airways. Don't be fooled by those guys. You know you get the original right here. And the last thing is just kind of a uh, a fun thing for y'all. I mean that last one was fun, but I thought this one was fun too. It involves Michael Parsons. Now who doesn't like to talk to Michael Parsons? So Michael Parsons, we talking to him. He said, "Hey, dog." How did you feel about that touchdown that you had called back? And he looked it around and he said, the touchdown was great. It was a good play by me. It was a fun play by me. I went to the end zone. I was celebrating. And I was looking for my uncle. I was going to get the ball to my uncle because he hadn't been to a game before. And I got a sweep that's on ground level. I was going to run over there, get a ball to him because by then we in complete control of the game. I was going to take a picture with him. It was going to be a quick picture, but I'm going to take a picture with him, and he was going to have an unforgettable moment, a moment of a lifetime. His nephew with the forced fumble, the scoop, the score, the touchdown. It's going to be great. Except I couldn't find my uncle. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean you couldn't find your uncle? Couldn't find him. Looked for him. Couldn't find him. He said, I said, well, where was he? He said, I found out later he was in the owner's suite getting some food. And when he came back after the game, we talked to him. I said, man, you missed a moment of a lifetime. And all he could do was like be like, look at me and go, well, the food was good, but it wasn't worth the moment of the lifetime that I missed. He said, yeah, because I can't replicate that, man. Pick it up, fumble in the end zone where my suite is, hand you the ball, somebody take a picture of us right there. It would have been great. But instead, you up there getting some food. Oh, well, that's it. That, my friends, is another fun-filled episode of Whispers from the Star. That news you can't see here, we get anywhere. But the Jock Talk Podcast each and every Friday, right here with me, your boy. Coming up next, like right now, is my man, Clarence E. Hill Jr. of the Fort Worth Star Telegram. And now we're joined by my good friend, the oldest tenured beat writer, or maybe it's the longest tenured beat writer uh, on the Dallas Cowboys beat. Clarence E. Hill Jr. of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, sponsored by our good friends at Smokey John's Barbecue. What up, Doc? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Great, man. You know, same podcast, different name, but we off and running. Um, I have gone out on a limb and predicted a Dallas Cowboys blowout this week. What you got? Well, I mean, I, I, the Cowboys have been covered money every week. You know, it's a, it's a big spread for, for the it's a big spread for the NFL. I mean, the blowout is ten points in the NFL, and, right. and I think you know, you know. So uh, definitely, I see them covering the spread. I mean, this, this Cardinals team that we're out the best player on defense, Adrian Wilson, the one dimensional offense with, with the running quarterback who just got there three weeks ago, uh, and and the Cowboys are getting stronger. That, that's one thing that people don't understand is that as well as the Cowboys have played. They play without one of the best offensive linemen, Tyler Smith. They've had a lot of injuries on the line. They were shut that line last week against the Rams, which played a role in some of their red zone struggles on defense. Uh, and they play without Donovan Wilson on defense, uh, one of the top safeties who got a contract sent in the offseason. He hasn't played yet. Having suffered a, a calf strain the first week of training camp, which also speaks of volumes to, you know, what's happening in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow having a calf strain and coming right back and trying to play for the season opener. And the Cowboys have a safety suffered calf in the first week of training camp. 
and he's been rehabbing since then and missed the first two games. That's how cautious they were with their calf strength, how tricky calf strings can be. Uh, and also uh, 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 the, the receiver, uh, Brandon Cooks, didn't play against the Bengals. So, I mean, not the Bengals, didn't play right. against the uh, uh, Jets. And he's coming back this week. So it's going to be a stronger team on the field despite all the success they have, they have a chance to get better. So uh, I see them taking care of business easily against the Cardinals. Let me tee this up for you. I don't often do this. Uh, Dak Prescott under a lot of scrutiny during the offseason. And I don't I think that he should have been given that he led the league in picks uh, for whatever reason. Uh, what's been your impression of him the first couple of games? And uh, what do you see against Arizona on Sunday? Well, I mean, I, I mean, first of all, the coaching staff and the, offense, the way they've managed the offenses shows you why Mike McCarthy made this move from from Caleb Moore. And I think it's, it's the thing with offense. The Cowboys, you know, Mike, Mike McCarthy said, I'm not trying to lead the league in offense, trying to win damn football games. And that's how it's been reflected in how they played offense and how Dak Prescott's performance is. He might not have the gaudy numbers he's had in past years that they've had under Kellen Moore because that's not their focus. I mean, they ran about 44 times, passed about 38 uh, against the Jets. Uh, and really what was their first, they debuted offense because offense was dumbed down in the season opener against the Giants because of ranking and because of the lopsided score. But Dak has done what he's been asked to do. Mike McCarthy says the full command of this offense. You know, they throw a lot of ball, getting the ball out quick, throwing a lot of ball, close to a lot of scrimmage, getting the ball in the hands of the receivers. I mean, to to only have the ball hit the ground seven times against the forty. I mean, against the Jets, a, a Jets defense uh, that's as good as the in the league uh, tells you how much of the command Dak Prescott was in, of the, in the offense and, and how well he played and, and managed his offense. And that's what you judge him on. He's had no turnovers in the first two games. He's done his job. You know, it's it's it's, it's it looks like you know the, the, you talk about the interceptions. I think interceptions were overblown personally. Uh, because of a lot of other good things they did and because they had one of the worst receiving cores in the league last year, which played a huge role in that. But, but you know, from last year, this emphasis, everything they did with the offense, it fit what Dak's trying to do. And, and I, I think he's done a good job. Great, great, off to a great start. Now, what did you think about Tony Pollard's 32 carries, because I got my own theory, 32 touches, 25 carries, seven receptions, because uh, I got my own theory. Well, I, I think a couple of things that play here, though. Um, I don't – they ran a lot of plays. I mean, that's a lot of plays. I mean, you know, 44 carries and and 38 passes. They were on the field a lot. I think that played a role in everybody's touches. Certainly, Dak throwing about 38 times and, and then running about 44 times, and he's getting a great majority of it. But, um you know, Mike McCarthy was trying to score late. I mean, Jerry Jones pointed out that, you know, he had like eight touches in the fourth quarter. They were up 24 to 7, 27 to 10, or whatever it was. Uh, and, and he was wondering, you know, why is he, he getting the ball late in the fourth quarter in, in, in the game that should, it was pretty much already in hand? Uh, I was most impressed with the, his ability to handle the load because he's never handled that type of load. Uh, dating back to high school. He's never had 25 rushes and seven catches in the same game. He's never been that type of workhorse featured back, and he said he could do it, and he showed that he could handle it. And the question is, can he hold up week to week? Well, no, that's always the question. Can he hold up week to week? That's always the question. Um, does he hit, Does he look like he's got the same quickness to you? I know a lot of people have, oh, yeah. been, uh, have, have been bringing that up. I think so. He doesn't look quick and fast when he got in open field. He looks quick and fast to me. I mean, the injury is totally healed. I mean, that's not even a question. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, that's a pretty good just defense. I mean, it, it's funny to me that people act like that they, you know, they were playing Zach Wilson on defense. <laughs> Zach Wilson was not on that defense. That's, that was a freaking Jets defense. When top defense in the league, with playbacks on every level, one of the best defense lines. They might not play a defense, a defense line as good as what they played against Buffalo, I mean, the Jets. And people, and they walked up and down the field and scored in the red zone as much as they want to. But people act like, you know, uh, it, it was easy that they should have done more. It should have just been a no brainer. They do more. That was a pretty good Jets defense. But, but again, to, to me, I've watched him in camp. He, he, there's no lack of speed. There's no loss of speed. Um, my little theory is 
they don't anticipate re-signing him. I mean, he's playing under the franchise tag this year, and so they're a little more cavalier with his touches because whether he gets 300 or 350 or 375, he won't be coming back. So whatever load we can give him, whatever load we can handle him, it's okay. What do you think about my theory? Yeah, I, 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 I see you, and I, 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 I shudder to think that the Cowboys are saying – Run him into the ground because we ain't gonna pay him playing next year. Uh, you know, I, I I don't think that. I mean, I don't I don't maybe that's that. I just don't think that's how Mike McCarthy is. Well, I don't think it's a win. malicious thing. I think it's just a <laughs> well, like malicious. Exactly. Like I like they're not out to just run him into the ground, but it's a case where we we don't have to be careful because you know he won't be here next year. I, that's just my little dirty because you know I've been around the league, so I think you, everybody's when you, dirty. When you say it's not malicious, when it's calculated, you know it's malicious. I mean, come on, when you when you purposely doing something to get somebody to win, I mean, own, it's malicious. I mean, you can't you can't put lipstick on a pig if that's the pig you calling them. You know, <laughs> wow, you, you can't do that. Yeah. But the bottom line is, I, I think you're. Listen, I've been I've been talking about McCarthy every day, and I I really think he does. And he told us the other day, I, I can't play what it takes to win the game. He's focused on on winning the game, and I don't think that it's, it's a situation where they're they're even looking at it like that. Well, we, if, if we give it to, we're not gonna sign him anyway, so we're gonna just run him into the ground. I just think that was unique for that game. I I, I really don't think. That that was something that thought you know that they were thinking about it. And, and understand this, which yes, the guys behind him are all young and experienced. In the fourth quarter, they were trying to end the game, run out the game. It's fourth quarter. You don't need no giveaway. You don't need no young backs who haven't done it out there doing something and, and give other team momentum so they can change it that quick. I mean, it wasn't fifty to ten. It was still twenty four to ten in the third quarter. I mean, in the fourth quarter, and so you know, one play could change anything. And so, you know, you you know, you want resting Dak, you want resting offensive lineman, you're not going to rest your starting running back. All right, now let me tell y'all something. See, this is why we have Clancy Hill Jr. on the show on a regular basis, because that was a good point that you got young backs and you don't want them in a quest to do something big, make a mistake that uh, open up the door to make the game more competitive than it should have been at that point. So, I will uh, I will buy that. Um, C.D. Lamb, uh, it looks like uh, they need to go on to get him signed because the way they feed him the ball, his numbers are not going down anytime soon, and he's going to cash a fat check whenever he signs a new deal. Listen, uh, C.D. Lamb, and when, when Dak Prescott's at the quarterback, C.D. Lamb thrives. Just look at his, go back to last year, look at his numbers when when, when, when Dak Prescott, you know, his quarterback. It is it, it, amazing, you know, just the way his numbers jump, you know, when Dak first got came back into the game, and and so yeah, his numbers are going to be his numbers. I mean, there's, there's no question about that. Uh, and he's going, they're going to have to pay him because they they they're featuring him like that. I mean, they that's that's their guy, and, and it, it is showing. He's going to eat. You know, there's there's no question about that. I from a outside looking in, I don't know if he's. And it, it, to me, it's hard to judge C.D. Lamb because he puts up a lot of numbers. He's going to compile a lot of numbers. He's not Jamar Chase in my book. He's not what Gary Wilson could be in my book. He's not uh, your boy Durant, uh, Devontae Adams in my book. He's certainly not Tyreek Hill in my book uh, or or Justin Jefferson to a certain extent. But you have to pay him like that. Well, I was trying to figure out, does that mean you're trying to figure out where exactly he fits in the pay hierarchy? Yeah. Yeah, where he fits, and I know his agency gonna, ain't, gonna, ain't taking no discounts. Well, no, yeah, you know? I mean, you know, I, I don't believe in players taking discounts. No, I, I agree, but, you know, they probably don't want him to be the top three, even though he may deserve to be top five. And, and well, what, is that, reasons, what does that number look like? Well, I, I was looking it up. So I'd like to do average as opposed to the total value. So, like, Tyreek Hill averages $30 million a year. Devontae right. Adams averaged $28 million a year. It seems to me like CD, you know, if you look at Stephon Diggs at 25, 
AJ Brown at 25, Debo Samuel at 23, DK Metcalf at 24, Cooper Cup at 26. It seems to me like he falls. Now, you can throw some inflation in there if you want to, but it seems like he falls around the 25, 26, 27 million because I I don't want to pay him more than Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill. It seems like he falls in that class. Yeah, I, I think most of those contracts are two or three years old now. And so there's, there's natural inflation. You know, by the yeah, time you say I mentioned inflation. I mentioned inflation. There's, there's natural inflation. So I think it's going to be 28 plus. Right. I mean, is I'm not going to argue with you. Plus? Huh? Is he worth 28 plus? I don't know, but he's 28 plus. You're worth whatever somebody going to pay you. All of that. All of that. Oh, I don't know. There's, there's, there's no question about that, but it, it's 28 plus. You know, uh, which to me, you know, again, it, it, like I said, he's a curious case because unlike most of those guys, see, he run like a four, five, four, six, four. Well, here's the here's the he don't talk about the, he don't he don't bust your ass. He compiles, no. but he don't he not gonna go eighty. He's not gonna he's not gonna do what okay. Garrett Wilson did the other day. No, that, this is see. My man Chill has raised yet another very interesting point today. Because uh, I was looking this up a few weeks ago. CeeDee Lamb was like third or fourth in the league in 20-yard catches, catches of 20 yards or more. Right. Uh, up, there with Tyree, up there with Tyreek and Devontae and all those guys. It, where he got separated and left was he didn't have a single catch of 40 yards or more, and those guys all had like five or six or seven of 40 yards or more. And so I think that's where the separation occurs, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of like what Chills just said. You're, you're really good at what you do. You make big plays, but you don't have that gear to take the top off and, you know, make it a 60, 70, 80-yard touchdown. And what's interesting is, you know, Des Bryant was not a fast guy per se, but Des Bryant had a lot of long touchdowns, and maybe that's because, as I'm trying to remember, maybe he broke a lot of tackles along the way, or maybe he shrugged off yeah. a guy and took it to the house yeah. or something like that. Yeah, Des was a great run out the catch, but he's a pretty good run out the catch. Des is just so much stronger. He certainly was more of a big play guy. Yeah. And also, Des would – he would do in the end zone in the middle of the field because he would jump over and catch, catch the ball. I mean, he's going to catch a bomb because he's going to jump over your head. See, he's really not like a bomb guy. You know, right. He's not a yeah. right guy, post guy, but there's will jump over you and even if you get tight coverage and catch a post in the end zone. So yeah. he, 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 you know, that made a difference too in the, in the big playability to get the ball down the field. I got to hit the reminisce button for just a second. Des Bryant in his prime was one of them I don't know. I want to say most funnest, but that's not correct grammar. It was just fun watching him play when he was in his prime, just mossing people, just jumping over people, doing physical things to, that other people just couldn't do. Yeah, it, it, it was, and he had, and he had fun doing it. And so you, yeah, and he played you saw with a certain joy. Yeah, he had fun doing it, and, and so yeah, he, you know, Dez in his prime was was freaky, you know, and it's so much so that. Cowboy fans think he's a Hall of Famer, you know, think he's a ring of, you know, a certain amount of cowboy. But he just didn't. I mean, I don't even think he's a ring of honor guy. Now, you know, you know what's and, crazy and, about Dez is Dez was like a comet, man. He played eight or nine years, but he only had three where he was that guy. But them three was so spectacular, it made people feel like there was it was ten years worth in them three. Yeah. So yeah, it, 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 that, that, that's it. And it, it's funny because I've said this before. I, I've since covered the Cowboys. I've never seen somebody go from sugar to shit like so many Cowboys who who, who rose and then fell off a cliff, injury for whatever reason. I mean, Miles Austin was the same way. It seemed like he came in, they came out, he fizzled up and fizzled down. You know, like you know, you had to you had to receive that, that Romo. Lawrence Robinson, I think, played had a great year with Romo. Got his got paid. Never heard from him again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go talk. And you, let's go. And you, and you can say DeMarco Murray was the same way. You know, oh. like You know what, man? DeMarco Murray had that eighteen hundred and forty five yard season. Right. And and he and three years later I think he was at the league. Fall off a cliff. I said I've never seen He had like twelve hundred, you know six hundred and bye. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> and Roy Williams was the same way. 
I mean, yeah, with greatness, yeah, no. and then fell off a cliff. Then he became a liability. I've never seen somebody go from a hammer to liability. <laughs> what's crazy is Emmitt Smith is the NFL all-time leading rusher, yet DeMarco Murray got the best single season. I think he got the best – does he have the best individual game and the longest TD run? So that's just kind of funny to me. Uh, but no, let's no, talk no, about no, your no, favorite no, player. No, no, okay, time out. Longest TD run in what? Longest TD run in no, what? I'm just talking about. I'm just talking about. Uh, I thought his 91 yarder was the longest no, uh, in no, terms of the no. image. I Come mean, on. Tony Dorsett got the 99. There you go. You Dorsett got the 99. But I'm talking about Emmett. <laughs> no, okay, I'm just trying to figure out. I know no, you. Just for the record, we. I know you're not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I watched one of them on Monday Night Football, and I saw the other one in person. Man, I can't disrespect TD. I got a picture of him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, we just I'm saw like, TD the other day. What are you talking day. about? You said the longest run. I'm like, what? Did you say y'all? What? You didn't say y'all, did you? you said, what? I said you. Know you. What, man? Yeah. I said you. He, okay. he, don't, okay. he said the longest run. As long as you didn't he say y'all. <laughs> That's because all my comparisons in my head were to Emmett Smith. I wasn't thinking about TD right then. This was not an Eddie Murphy movie mo- moment. I understand that, but you just you just said, yeah, but, but DeMarco had the longest run. I'm like, what are you talking about? No. Nah. Tony Dorsett, 99 yards with 10 men on the field. Okay? Yeah. Drew Pearson has an escort all the way down. Like he walked down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, dude. Uh, he like that. Let's, let's be ridiculous. <laughs> let's, let's be serious. Let's be serious. But do you know who forgot to come in? Who was the missing player? I don't. Timmy Newsom. Oh, his oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a running back. I yeah. he was a fullback. Remember, they made him a fullback. Tip and Timmy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was uh, that was my uh, that was my uh, elementary school best friend's cousin. How about that? Okay, that's, that's a tricky question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm like yeah. under. Before we let it. you go, we gotta talk about your favorite player. How would you describe what Micah Parsons is doing this season? You know, I, I, I've said it before, and I've covered the Cowboys since 1997. Every training camp, 1997, they got to start a training camp. No defender has been more dominant in training camp ever in, in my career covering the Cowboys than what I saw Micah Parsons doing uh, this year. And, and all you have to do is look at the fact that we were questioning Tyron Smith in training camp because Michael Parsons was whooping his ass every day. I've never seen <laughs> a tire probably get his ass whooped every day in practice. And we were like, man, maybe, you know, this this is Bears watching. Through the first two weeks of the season, no offensive linemen had better pass protection grades in the league than Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith can handle everybody Michael Parsons, okay? It's, just Michael Parsons. And it's really the same way with this Cowboys defense. You know, the defense struggled in camp. You know, everybody's all excited and they go viral and Dak had these interceptions and all this other stuff. And, like, you know, you know, something wrong with Dak and something wrong with the offense. But as we've seen in the first two games, Cowboys defense did this every body. And the Cowboys offense certainly moved the ball down the field at ease, even if they scored in the red zone. They moved the ball well against this Jets defense as one of the best in the league. So uh, that's part of, you know, what Michael Parsons in, was doing in this defense was doing throughout training camp, and you see that to start of the season. And, and I bring the whole defense because Michael Parsons is what he is. He, we know he's a great player. He's been an NFL runner-up, NFL MVP his first two years in the league. Uh, he's odds on favorite, heavy favorite to win this year. But what he's doing to elevate this defense from a mental standpoint, everybody wants to be dogs because he's a dog. And, and and that's why I think you know if he continues the defense continues he should get consideration for making the P as well as defensive player of the year. That, that that's the type of impact he had. That could be the first one to do it since Lawrence Taylor. That's the kind of impact he's had. But he's improved on every level. His first two years he was doing on secure athleticism. This offseason he learned how to pass rush. He's honed his skill. He's a different a, a different player and a better player than he was his first two years in the league, and that should be scared for the rest of the league. And that, my friends, is Clarence E. Hill Jr. We appreciate you, dog, of the Fort Worth Star Telegram. You can hear him each and every Friday right here on the Jock Talk Podcast. 
Uh, appreciate you, Doc. All right, thank you, man. Understand that Clarence E. Hill Jr. is sponsored by Smokey John's Barbecue. And I got to tell you, man, the best thing is Smokey John's. Now, I mean, the ribs are good. The smoked wings on Wednesday are fantastic. Uh, the mac and cheese, all that stuff is great. But what I get down on is the jam session bowl, man. And that's where they take this bowl of mac and cheese or mashed potatoes. It's your choice. Then you get to pick two out of five smoked meats. Now, your boy usually rocks with the brisket and the sausage. And then, that's when the fun begins. They put all the things you find on a loaded baked potato. You know, chives and butter and bacon bits and cheese, sour cream. They put all of that, man, on top of the meat and on top of the mashed potatoes or the mac and cheese base. And then, if you like your boy, you want it drizzled with that sauce. And if you're not, you want it drenched with that sauce. It is delicious. It is heaven in your mouth. It is, if I may say this, a mouthgasm. Hey, it just is what it is. But hey, you got to enjoy the Smokey John's Bowl. The uh, Jam Session Bowl at Smokey John's is fantastic. Uh, and what I got to tell you is it's enough for two. Easy. Three folks can eat it if, uh, if you got a little shorty and, you, and you're all splitting it. Uh, there's always leftovers if it's just one or two of y'all. But go buy Smokey John's. They're right there at 1820 Mockingbird, uh, five minutes from downtown, right off of Mockingbird. And uh, you can thank me later, but go in there. Now, you got to ask for the Jam Session Bowl because it's on the secret menu. Why is it on the secret menu? Because they did it just for your boys at uh, Jock Talk. Jam Session Bowl, Jock Talk, order it, thank me later. Now, here's the other thing. They've also got barbecue sauce and that rub that they use on all their meats. You can get that at HEB. They got 175 HEBs that you can find that rub at. Or you can hit them at SmokeyJohns.com. And order it yourself, delivered to your house in just a couple of days. And here's the key. Whatever you do, you'll always be with the goodness of Smokey John's not too far away. And if that doesn't convince you to do it, nothing will. Get the Jam Session Bowl. It's fantastic. I promise me. I promise you, you'll thank me later. Uh, for Big Joe in the Big Rig, I'm John Jacques Taylor. We appreciate you listening to Jock Talk, always sponsored by Greening Law. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And please follow your heart and drop that five-star review on your board. Until we chat again. <laughs>